Welcome to the Principal's Office Podcast, where we believe that the principal's job is the most interrupted job on the planet, and creating a clear and cohesive plan is the best way to improve your school. I'm your host, Dr. Tom Miller. I'm the founder of Leaders Building Leaders, and it's my goal each week to introduce you to new strategies and initiatives that are improving schools across the country. You're going to learn leadership principles that are going to help you accelerate your growth, build your teams, and execute on those goals so you can exceed those expectations of the communities that you aim to serve. If you want to learn more about what we do, you can go to our website at lbleaders.com. But for right now, enjoy this episode. Thanks for listening. I want to raise your awareness of how you can change your world. So in turn, you know, the current state of your world, your community moves to be a better state, right? Your school, your uh, community. Because if, if you change your part of the world in your community, and I do my part, and we all do our parts, right? It's all of us are going to benefit. So I want to convince you, if you're not already sure that you already have within you, the tr- you already have everything you need and you have tremendous capacity to make a difference and, and to make the world a better place. And you don't have to wait for other people to do that because you've made this commitment to be here. So you are going to do it starting today. Now, only one thing stands between you and greater success, right, in your personal and professional life. And it's not knowledge. It's not skills, it's not experience, it's not talent. It's your unique collection of gifts. And your gifts are what the people of the world need to reach their fullest potential. And when you serve others as a leader, you help them grow and you grow yourself. And so during our time, we're going to learn about how to do that more often and with greater influence. Now, there's an abundance of issues in the world that need all of our attention, right? You know, we want better schools, better neighborhoods, a more accessible and effective healthcare system, better communities where, you know, people could actually get along, whether it's online or face-to-face, right? I mean, wouldn't you like a better work environment? Wouldn't it be nice if, you know, people were just simply more respectful, more unified, and, and more uh, positive? I mean, is that... Is that something that would excite anybody here in this? <laughs> yeah, I see all these yeses in the chat. And so transformation begins with, with yourself, right? So just real quick, you know, some of you may know a little bit of, you know, my story, but um, I know transformation, you know, begins inside. It's an inside job because I did it, you know? On February 12th of 2006, after 10 years of gambling pretty much every single day and over a half a million dollars lost on a brand new teacher salary, you know, $25,000 a year, you know, the fun really stopped for me. And, and, and those habits that I created over those 10 years of time were just leading me towards a path of destruction. And whether I gambled $5 or $5,000 for 10 years, not a day went by that I didn't gamble on something. And I never actually believed that I could live a day without it. I was sacrificing the wrong things and really, really feeling stuck. And feeling stuck, it just, it just stinks. So I went 
where everyone goes for help. And that was Google, right? Google drove me to a Gamblers Anonymous group. And the closest group was 90 miles away and it was on Tuesday night. So, but for 10 weeks, you know, I didn't miss a meeting and I was surrounded by other addicts and we discussed words like honesty, humility, responsibility, and accountability. If my actions were self, you know, uh, defeating, my gambler um, anonymous of brothers and sisters were there to set me straight. We ended every meeting with, it works if it work it, just work it for 90 days. I was starting to create new habits and a new life uh, pattern, but, you know, Courtney, you would be correct in guessing that there was no way I was going to tell them that on my 90th day, I would be in Las Vegas for a friend's bachelor party. And so if you've ever been to Vegas, you know, when I walked in the shiny lights, you know, the clean oxygen, the, you know, the ring of the slot machines just brought me, brought me right back to where I was. And it didn't take me too long to fall back into that old habit. I found a table and that my friends couldn't see me at. And I pulled out my only $40 I had and I, and I sat down and my heart was just pounding out of my chest. And I wasn't even paying any attention to the cards. I could feel the sweat, you know, as I just try to creep really, really low in my seat. And then the pit boss yelled, muck. And I looked over and he had had only flipped over his, his cards and, and all bets were off. And he began to grab the cards and deal again. I was like, oh my gosh, it's only a matter of time before somebody sees me. So I just kept on getting lower and lower and lower in my seat so no one could see me. As the dealer started to shuffle the cards out of the corner of my eye, I observed another dealer coming into the pit. And he came and he tapped my dealer on the shoulder. And my guy clapped his hands and walked away. And I watched all this in total disbelief. And then all of a sudden, I heard his voice in my head say, Tom, pick up your chips and, and walk away. So I followed those you know, directions. And I cashed out my $40 in chips. And the, and the lady you know, and, the, and the cashier said, you know, did you win? And I said, I certainly did. You see, when that challenge arrives, it's too late to prepare. And your thoughts will consume you. And my thoughts and my actions had programmed me to lie and steal and gamble and, and just, you know, and, and, and really not even see the hurt that I was bringing to those that I loved. But when I joined that Gamblers Anonymous group, and I surrounded myself with new information, new thoughts, and better role models, it forced me to take a deeper look at how I thought and how I wanted to be thought of. There was 90 days of uphill thoughts and actions towards creating new habits, easily combated the over 3,650 days of downhill decisions. Now, I believe that many people want to change their, their uh, circumstances, but they're unwilling to change themselves. And so when I, I share that story with you, because this is part of the, of the mastermind group, right? This is, you know, this is the power of the mastermind group. There's 11 of you in here live right now, right? So you, you know, you all bring, you know, different experiences and and, you know, like-minded thoughts, right? You want to make a change. You wouldn't be sacrificing part of your summer break if you didn't want to make a change and make a difference. Now, that's just one of the examples of the transformational stories, you know, that I've had from moving from a teacher to a, a principal and, you know, from a principal to um, a uh, consultant with the North Carolina Office of Charter Schools to, to just 
you know, feeling an urge to be more and do more. And I, I, I quit my job. It's almost actually uh, uh, eight years or uh, seven years to the day because it was uh, July 3rd, 2014, when I walked out of the office of charter schools, the North Carolina office of charter schools, with nothing but a cardboard box. I was the only one who pretty much came to work that day, everybody. <laughs> and I walked out with a cardboard box to start this company, Leaders Building Leaders, because something was driving me to be more and do more. And I never thought that in the last you know, seven years, I would have traveled across the globe to, to teach leadership, that we would work with you know, over 300 schools across the country and, and, and you know, thousands and uh, thousands of, of uh, you know, leadership you know, trainings and opportunities through you know, virtual and face-to-face -face sessions. I mean, but here's the story. Uh, it's nowhere near the impact that I desire to make. And so what I'm mostly excited about, right, is that, is that we can't wait for change to happen. And that's what this book is all about. We can't wait for change. We have to be the change. And so what I would love to do, right, is, is the first is to, is to ask you, right, I asked you to be here you're here. And I'm going to ask you to stay engaged over the five weeks, right? Because I made significant changes in a 90 day, you know, pattern. Now that was 2006. That's over 15 years ago, right? So I still haven't gambled and every day I've been working towards new habits and new, um, you know, values, you know, uh, based upon, uh, you know, values and consistency compounds over and over. Now I'm asking you to spend these next, you know, five weeks because what I want you to do is when we start leading these leadership roundtables on values in three weeks, I want you to start your own roundtables in your schools or your own community, wherever you want to do it, right? So as we take these 11 people, right, and, and we had 46, you know, sign up, right? So there's, you know, folks listening here or they'll, you know, you know come back in a, on the recording. You know, just think if, if, if the 11 of you lead a table of five other people, right? So that's six per every table. Let's do some math here. So if I do six and you all do six, how many is that? Six times 12 is 72 by my math, right, Courtney? Is that right? Six times 12, 72. That's 72 other people. And guess what? Then we could ask them, hey, could you lead a table with like three people? And that's 72 now turns into 216. Is that right? 216, right? That's my goal, right? Because leadership multiplies and that's, and that's what I want, you know, to do. So we've got enough time and there's, and there's enough, you know, folks in here. Um, I would love for you to unmute yourself, right? Share who you are and you don't have to, you always have the option, you know, to opt out. It's perfectly up to you, but share who you are, share your intentions for this time. And, and on page four of the workbook I sent you, John asked a question like, why do you desire to change the world? Like, how do you feel when you say that out loud? I mean, what, when I wake up every day at 4 a.m. to be the difference maker in the leadership development of individuals and organizations, like, that's all I want to do. Like, I'm excited to get up. I was telling um, uh, Dana you know, like right here, I'm three hours away. Like I've been commuting one way, three hours over the last six weeks 
to help a school in crisis, right? And I'm not going to get home to see my kids uh, tonight because I, you know, wanted to stay here so I have good internet. So I'm not, you know, doing this call from the road because because of you. Like I woke up thinking of you because <laughs> I'm just hoping that you know what we share tonight and how you share with each other is going to create more inspiration. And that inspiration is going to turn from good intentions of being as part of the study to intentional action. So that's why I want to make a difference because I want to see better schools, better communities and better opportunities, you know, for kids. I want like that, that third grader, that third grader that John talks about in, in the first maybe two chapters. And that's at the movement school, Courtney. Courtney knows where that school is. Like that's, that's right here in North Carolina. That was so exciting. You know, I know the principles of that school. I mean, how exciting it was to read the book and be like, oh my gosh, you know, this book's about one of your third graders. So who would like to go first? So share who you are, where you at, you know, in the country or, you know, across the world. And, and why do you, why do you want to make, create change in the world? Courtney, you mind going first? I'm just going to pick on you. Go for it. You're on mute, I think. There we go. Not a problem, not a problem. So uh, my name is Courtney Heikla. I am the site testing coordinator um, at my charter school in Charlotte, North Carolina, as well as the director of curriculum. And um, I would have to say that this wasn't necessarily something that I thought I had the power to be able to do. Um, I was usually best described as one of those people that kind of just like sat in the background and never only took control of somebody asked me to because they just needed somebody they trusted to be able to get it done um but i definitely through my experience at my charter school and having being lucky enough to have some of the same students the entire time that it's there um i do see that you know they point out different things that they remember from first year and how i've changed and how my change has helped them change and you know they if they have a problem or something's going on at home they are very quick to reach out and ask my opinion on how they you know how they believe that it should be handled or anything like that and i think ultimately um one of the reasons that i believe that education chose me because I did not <laughs> choose it willingly um, was that I think that my purpose is to be able to be um, somebody for a student that I didn't have when I was in school and I think that that's really my driving force is I had a couple of good teachers who knew what was going on and they changed me to be able to make sure to be more accountable. And now I'm taking those steps and trying to do that for my students. So I hope that answers what you're asking for. It definitely does. I mean, you, you wanna be there um, for those kids who need it, right? I mean, I'm watching the documentary, Last, Last uh, Chance University, the, like, like the basketball version. I mean, that coach, I think his last name's Holmes. Like, I might be wrong. I mean, that's why he's there. It's amazing what he goes through. I mean, these are adults. They're 22 year old kids in a sense, right? That he's just giving them another chance. And, and it's just, it's just really inspirational. You know, if you haven't um, had a chance. Thanks, Courtney, for always going first. Who else would like to share? Where are you from? And why are you looking to make change in the world? I'll share. Um, I'm Sharice Williams from um, Putnam County, and I'm in Florida. 
I am a going on with a third year assistant principal. Last week, I was moved to another school. I'm very excited about it. Um, I believe that I can make a difference in the world because I'm first very passionate about education. However, I'm very passionate about um, students, teachers, staff, my community, learning how to read. Um, so with that, uh, a part of what I do is I um, love to encourage. I mentor students. I work heavily in my community through the PAL Athletic League, Feed the Need. And something that I heard the other day that I was like, that is me. I am very passionate about changing the world through others understanding their passion. And part of how I do that is the word passion is P-A-S-S, -S, pass, part of myself, I, on, so that others can be successful. Love it. What's the county you're at in, in uh, Florida? Putnam County. What, what uh, part of the state is that in? Um, it is, I am in Palaka, Florida, which is central, so Jacksonville okay. um, is a bigger city. Um, I'm north of Orlando, so I'm like central Florida. Cool. All right. Excellent. Thank I you for having me. in Ridge there. Manor. I don't know if it's, you know, close to you, but Ridge Manor, so <laughs> I love it. All right. Uh, Charlene, I saw you had some hands up, but I don't know if you were liking something or you want to go next. I was applauding because I think that's absolutely a great model <laughs> to follow, especially with passion. Yeah. Um, but I'm more than willing to share. I, I'm Charlene Roll. I'm from Tucson, Arizona. Um, I don't know if there's anyone else here from Arizona, but it's the land of hot. Um, I'm hoping for rain today. The monsoons are coming through, so cross our fingers for rain. But um, I think for me, I'm starting my eighth year as a school principal. And I served as an assistant principal for two years prior to going into this position and really building the, a school from the ground up. Um, the school that I'm in is 90 years old. It's actually the school that I attended as a little girl. It's an elementary school, K through eight. So I never thought I'd come back and be a principal in my own school. But I think this past year was the most difficult as a, an educator. I've been in education for 27 years and um, working 80 hour work week this past year has been a huge challenge, especially with the teacher shortage here in Arizona, where I had to teach full-time and be a full-time principal. And lead a school through a pandemic has been um, a huge trial, where I really, when it says we can't wait for a change, um, just a change of doing a better job balancing, um, you know, especially with all those trials that come at you as a principal in a day. Um, I am blessed that every one of my teachers came back this past year. So I am fully staffed. I just had to hire one teacher to take the place that I was teaching this past year. So I'm very fortunate and blessed, amen. But um, I'm tired and exhausted after this past year. So I think this book study will help me get excited again. I love it. Thanks so much for sharing. And 
I may have commented on one of your, did like, you put a Facebook post up uh, this morning about, about, you know, going back to your old school or was that someone else? There was someone else. Okay. Was it me? In our, in our school leadership community. So I love it. Well, thanks. Thanks so much. And yes, Arizona is hot and it doesn't matter if it's a dry heat or not. You will, it just, you kind of burn from the inside out when it's like the dry heat. I felt like <laughs> when I was there visiting. Excellent. Anybody else want to share? I see some, some folks here. Rachel, Rachel's from Stanley, North Carolina. I love it. So we've got a few North Carolina. Go ahead. Julie, go for it. I'll share. I'm Julie Marshall and I live in Texas in far west Texas. Um, so it's much like Arizona. It's an oven here, and we actually have had the monsoons. This last weekend, we've had five inches of rain in two days. So when it's flat and you have no drainage, then that equals floods, and you can't get anywhere. Um, so that's been interesting. But this is my 32nd year. I'm going into my 32nd year in education. Um, I moved last year to um, an improvement required campus. So campus is a struggling campus. I was purposely placed there to try and turn that campus around, not try, but to turn that campus around. Um, and so I'm very passionate about making sure that all students have an equitable education, that it shouldn't matter what zip code they come from. It shouldn't matter what their level of parent involvement is or parent education level that you know, the kids at this campus deserve the same quality, if not higher education than the students across town. And so turning a campus around, those of you who've done that, is, is tough work. It's lonely work sometimes. Um, but I'm, I'm always looking for something else to energize me and to make me like reflect on what my next steps are. So I'm, I was really excited to join this group. Cool. So well, thank you. Yeah, absolutely. And I've, I've been the head of four schools in the last 18 months. So if I can help you in any way, help build that framework for the turnaround piece. Um, I think three months is about anybody can really, you know, kind of stand me. So my job is to come in, be the bridge, find the next leader, and then, you know, help them along the way. Um, but it's been really, really fascinating to come into these organizations that are really struggling with, you know, change. I mean, I think this is like a perfect time for you because you're, yeah. you're really going to need to be able uh, to use some of these values-based roundtables to get those conversations. Well, great. Well, you're in a perfect place in 32 years. Wow. I mean, that's just awesome. Uh, it's just, uh, it's rare anymore that we, you know, continue to find, you know, uh, veterans that are willing to yeah. stay, 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 stay. I love it. Cool. Anybody else? we got time for one more. I can share. Um, I'm newer to the group, newer to um, the the whole the whole thing. Um, I'm, my name's Mary, by the way, and I'm in Colorado. And um, I am the principal of a charter school. Um, this I'm going into my third year of being principal. It's a great great community, great school. We've grown in the last three years from around 350, 400 to we are pushing 980. Um, and we will be at a thousand next year. Um, we're in the process of building a new campus. Um, we will break ground on that soon, maybe October, I think, is what I heard last week. Um, and so, just a lot of changes. And you know, I am very, I love, I love, I love, I love what Cherie said. Holy moly, I wrote that down. That was amazing. Um, but you know, I 
I am very passionate about helping others be the best, best version of themselves. And I can't do that if I'm not the best version of myself. And so um, that's where I lie. And I feel very strongly about I have to clear the path whatever way I need to, to make sure that my teachers are successful so they can be successful for the kids. And I, you know, whatever barriers, barriers I can break down to, to help with that, I, um, I want to do. So um, that's a little bit about me and Rachel, go Bears. We've just kind of found out and connected that we are alum from Northern Colorado. So go Bears. Very cool. See, you always uh, find someone in this group. So that's why I said it's always good to put your information in there, where you went to school. Remember, if you've been part of our communication club, that's form, right? You always ask people family, occupation, recreation, mission. And that's the foundation for building a connection. Because you ask those four questions and you're bound to find something that you know about somebody and you're already starting to build like-mindedness. So awesome. I love it. All right. Well, great job. Thanks, Mary, for uh, being part of, of this and our um, inner circle as well. So really excited to start launching that in a couple of days. So, so kind of what to expect over these uh, five weeks. So uh, this is your time. It's not my time. It's your, it's our time, right? If you've, you've seen Fast Times at Ridgemont High, it's, if you're here, Mr. Hand, and I'm here, isn't this our time, right? So this is our time. We all want to get some value out of this time. So I'll do some teaching, um, you know, on the chapters. Uh, there'll be some group, you know, coaching almost in a sense. Lots of, you know, discussion. We'll do some breakouts. Um, but most importantly, each week we'll end with an action step, right? What are, what are we going to do either based upon the book, based upon our own thoughts, you know, based upon where we are in our own personal growth? Like what's going to be our action step? Because that's really going to what's going to take us into those, those next levels of not only awareness, but also um, um, achievement. So, so looking at that first, you know, chapter in, you know, John's book, right? So for any of you who are like, who really need all the answers that are in the study guide, I will send you the actual, um, you know, a guide that has to fill in a blank. And as much as possible, I'm gonna to try to put it up on the screen so you'll see those uh, fill in the blank. So I will dive into some of those. Um, we won't hit every question. We won't maybe even hit every chapter, right? You, you know, but, I, but you just tell me, Tom, slow down. Tom, I wanna go back. I got a really great question for the group. You know, whatever it is, and we'll do it. All right. So those of you who like to, you know, follow the step by step of a syllabus, um, Courtney, tell them Tom's Tom's not probably not the instructor for you. But I will always go back and I always uh, slow down. So, and I'm really excited because I get to learn directly from not only John Maxwell, but Mark Cole, who's John's CEO. So he he actually teaches his thoughts and watches John go through this process. So prior to getting prepared for you all, I go back and I listen to his archives of his, you know, sharing so I can share some insight um, with you all too. And the more questions you ask me, the easier it will be for me to be, you know, prepared for our time. And I'm also going to record some supplemental stuff and then I'll send it to you all um, as, you know, being part of the group, like what I'm, you know, thinking and what I'm going through or some resources. Okay, fair? Sound fair enough? So again, we can't wait for change. We can't wait for someone else to do it, right? We need you to do it and we need you to do it now. And, and right, you know, there was always like the United States member, like, you know, like Uncle Sam, like, you know, we need you. I mean, this is a time that we really, really need everybody. And, you know, 
leadership is not a position. So it's, you know, it's influence. It's, it's someone's ability to gain influence, um, you know, through being a good person, right? A person of character and a person of values. And, and to be honest, you know, I don't believe that a lot of change is going to happen through um, those higher level positional leadership roles in large organizations, right? In the education department, in our universities, in our healthcare systems. Like we can't wait for them to create it, but we can think big and start, you know, small. And that's why I love my daughter's, or, you know, both my kids' uh, school, the Explorer School here in uh, Raleigh, North Carolina, their mission is to solve global problems locally, right? So when I really think about this, you know, this, you know, creating change, like that's their whole uh, mindset that, you know, design for change uh, thinking. And so, uh, you know, the first thing you can do is you got to change your own thinking. So even when I think back to when I was a, you know, recovering gambling addict, when I first, you know, started that process, like I had to change my thinking, but I didn't, I didn't know I had to change my thinking. Like I didn't, I, you know, like, remember I said, I never imagined a day without gambling. Like I didn't even know. And now it's, you know, 15 years ago. And I, I mean, it's, it's never a thought, right? So, so the first part of this change is to change your thinking, right? And, and so sometimes these, these assumptions that we make restrict our thinking and then therefore we limit our possibilities, right? So when John asked the question on page four of the study guide, like, how do you feel when authors say you can change your world? I mean, a lot of us think, well, I can't change the world like what could i do that story about the starfish right i mean i've never read that you know before i don't know if anybody else i mean that story is really powerful and it thinks it just made me think about us as educators right i was a special ed teacher i taught you know students who were nonverbal in an autism class like i had more bite marks on my arm than you know like anything else but if I had to go back to the teaching, there's nobody that I would rather want to be with, with them. I mean, those, those, those kids taught me so much. Um, I didn't realize it then because I was too arrogant and I had a big ego. It's still big, but not as big. And, and, but I mean, what an amazing opportunity you have. Like I think about, you know, a lot of those boys and girls, I mean, they're 21, 22 years old now. And I think, gosh, it'll be what, what like impact did I make on them and their moms and dads or their grandparents to help them be now, right? And I think that's why we all get into education, right? Is to kind of be that, that boy on the beach throwing the starfish. Like he said, it makes a difference for this one. And so I think sometimes this is just from, you know, my side, like, what could I really do? Like, what kind of impact can I really, really make? So I would love to hear, you know, you know, like anybody else, when they ask the question, like, how do you feel when the authors say you, you can change your world? Like, did anybody be like, no, I can't, or I don't know how to do that? Or what were some of your first thoughts? Anybody want to share? Hi, everyone. I'm sorry. Go for it. <laughs> you can go ahead. Go ahead. Um, my name is Renee Williams. I'm from Chicago. He joined late. I'm sorry because of the time change and stuff like that. But one of the things that I thought when I first when I first heard that is like, yeah, but not as much, not as big as he's stating. It's like 
yeah, I can only make a change with uh, this small group and that's it. It stays there at first. And then I was like, but that, then he goes on he, as he reads more, it's like, even though it's small, it's still an impact. And that was, that was a changing part for me in, in yeah. changing that little mindset there. That's great. Thank you so much for joining us from Chicago. Go ahead, Cherise. So, so my thought was, I believe that I can change the world and I have lots of ideas, um, but I struggle with getting started. I struggle with where. And so um, I liked him saying, small, start small. You can do something small and it makes a difference. But I guess I, I want the huge big thing um to feel the difference and i guess teaching gives me that because i'm very appreciative mm -hmm. of when um a pre-k student can identify his or her name or a kindergarten student sounds out a word or a um, high school student can comprehend a dissertation or but it's i i I guess I'm digging too deep, but I want the big change. But yeah. And, and I don't know how to start. Yeah, that's great. Great share. Anybody else? I will. I I think I'm a lot like Sharice that I'm all I'm always think outside the box. Think big, think big but I need to work on thinking big, but starting small um, because I get into that same, that same rut that I'm, I have these grand plans, and, but then I don't think I'm making a difference day to day if I don't reach that end goal. Mm. Yeah, and that gets uh, frustrating, right? I mean, it certainly makes you kind of feel, right? Like you're not doing enough and we have some, some you know, lessons on like, Am I enough, right? Am I doing enough? And I think this is like a curse that us educators have. It's like, am I doing enough, you know? And, 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 you know, most of that just, it just lives in our head. There's no one actually like, boy, that Kristen, she's just not doing enough, right? I mean, that's not the case. It's, it's, it lives inside here. And when I think about that, like, you know, I've, I've led multiple schools and there's been many times where I probably could have made a bigger difference, but I chose not to, right? Or maybe I didn't think it was my role when I was a teacher or when I was a consultant, like, well, I don't really need to handle that. That's not, that's not my spot. And I think this is such a critical time to remember and ask ourselves this question, would I follow me? Because in order to create great impact and great influence, you have to be the best self-leader of yourself. I mean, John says right there in the book, he's like, the hardest person to lead on the planet is me. So I got to take care of me first and know and feel that I'm, you know, making, uh, you know, the best decisions. And my mentor, um, you know, will share, he's like, uh, well, look, Tom, the world needs you rich. You can't help all these people. You don't have the time, the capacity, and no one honestly knows who you are. <laughs> but the more influence you have and the more opportunities you have, to do and help other people, you do that. So I don't know, I mean, you know, maybe some of you, but our, you know, company gave away $10,000 in the month of May to schools, you know, to help them. And 
I would have never guessed I would have given away $10, let alone $10,000. I don't say that to like impress anybody. It's just to like impress upon you. Like it starts really, really small. We used to give $25 gift cards. And now like last month, we're like, no, let's, let's really, let's really go help somebody. And so, so I think that's, you know, part of it is just that first, you know, step and then being really gracious on yourself about, I am making a difference because, you know, when I wrote down the things, right, you know, like on page five is, you know, what are some of the things that you've done? I mean, gosh, I mean, just sometimes by holding the door for somebody, we're making a difference, right? By picking up like a piece of trash as any school leader who's on here, all of your pockets are always filled with garbage, always, because we're walking around and we're picking up trash everywhere. Right? If somebody sees us do that, like it's our hope, right? That there will be less, you know, a trash the next time we walk through because someone will find a trash can. So everybody, what I'm trying to say is be really gracious on yourself. It starts with you, right? It starts, it really, really starts with you. And I could also say that each one of you, Sharice and Kristen and Renee and everybody on this call, like you can all think of a time where you were faced with a challenge and it seemed too big for you to figure out. And I'm pretty sure all of you found a solution to that problem, right? So when we think about creating change, we just have to think about well, what's the framework that I've done before to be successful? Like when I think about my framework from, you know, uh, becoming a gambling addict to a, you know, recovering um, addict, that's actually the same framework that I used from working at the Office of Charter Schools to starting this company, to, you know, growing this company, right, from one you know, employee, you know, who worked with like 10 schools to a couple employees who've worked with hundreds of schools. I mean, you know, the framework is the same. You got to create a vision. You got to change your thinking. You have to surround yourself with different people. You've got to be willing to fail forward. You've got to unlearn and learn new things, right? You just repeat it over and over and over and over again. The framework isn't any different. So if you think about the times that you've been successful in your life, which I'm going to challenge you to do, is to think back to the times where you were successful and just write out, well, what did I do? Did I meet somebody new? Right? Did somebody give me an opportunity? Did I take a chance? Like, what did you do to create it? And through that framework, you're going to identify almost every time you've been successful, you followed a specific framework. So that's one thing uh, that I've learned, not just, you know, through this book, but just, you know, John in general is like consistency compounds. And the more reflective thinking you do, the more it helps you um, make that, make that change, right? To change my world mindset that John is, you know, talking about, right? You have to have greater control of your ability to accomplish difficult things. If you first have hope, and believe in yourself. Hope and belief in yourself. You've all taught uh, students, right? Raise your hand if you've taught kids. What's the, what's the secret to getting students to learn? 
What do we have to instill in them? A little bit of hope, a little bit of belief, right? Show them that they can do it. But sometimes as adults, sometimes we totally forget that formula. Where's our own self, self belief, right? Where's our own, hope, our own hope in us? So I'll just kind of pause there. What are some of your thoughts around that hope and belief formula? Anybody want to share in there? So I'll pull from, um, we're in our summer school session right now. And so our kids are actually getting ready to retest this week. And I know as we've been doing a lot of review to, you know, re-prep them for EOGs and EOCs, um, you know, a lot of the students when they're going through stuff, they just, they didn't believe they could do it before. So they still don't believe that they can do it. And I find myself a lot, like when they're working on a problem and they're struggling, like I'll just keep repeating. I believe in you, like you can do this, like you absolutely know exactly how to solve this. And I have, you know, no doubt that you're, you're able to be, to be able to do this. And then that kind of gives them, they, you know, then they end up like taking a deep breath and then they relook at it and then kind of guide their own thought process to being able to solve it. And so I, I feel like with hope and with belief and all of that, sometimes you have to get it from the outside first and then it just is kind of drilled into you or you don't have to believe it for yourself yeah that's that's exactly right you know i mean i coach leaders every day and even the most successful leaders have challenges with efficacy because the most powerful voice that you'll hear all day is your own got to be really careful what you say to yourself right so that's all part of that you know process so if i want to do something big i got to first see it right and i'm telling you right now sharice and kristen if you have already seen the impact that you're going to make guess what you're already fully equipped and resourced to do it because you wouldn't have, you would not have been able to see the vision if it wasn't possible. Nobody would have put it in your head. And everything that we're all using right now, right? I'm looking at Courtney's screen and I can see like a picture frame in her chair. It was all created twice, once in someone's mind and once in manifestation of a physical form. So that's why vision is so critical. Without vision, people perish. And part of that job of a leader, maybe the most important job, is to cast vision. So your change in the world comes from that vision that you have of something more and like way beyond you, right? And John will say like, if your goal doesn't require a team, your goal is not big enough or your dream doesn't require a team, right? So this is part of it, right? You know, being part of a mastermind group and then, you know, starting your own mastermind groups in your own local area or like across the world really helps you create that, um, 
that long that long term success and and you know surrounding yourselves. So, as we finish up, you know, chapter one here, right? You know, John's you know talking about a few reasons that you know uh, you know people move uh, to change. One is that you know people change when they hurt enough, you know, because they have to, right? We, they hurt enough because they have to. So from the time we're kids, you know, when we start making choices, we instantly move away from pain to avoid it. But a better response to the pain is for us to change so that we're no longer hurt by it. Right. And um, the school that I'm actually, you know, sitting in, um, it's going to close in two days, uh, less than two days. No, two days. Yeah. Two and a half days. And uh, so part of my job has been helping, you know, staff find jobs. And um, I gave them a book, one of John's books, the uh, 15 Laws of Growth. And one of the, you know, teacher assistants who's been here for 20 years, she read, you know, the first, uh, you know, chapters about the law of awareness. And she said, you know, I feel like this, you know, person that he's describing in the book I've had big ideas. I had big ideas when I first started here 20 years ago. And this first page reading this book has made me realize I've made no progress in 20 years. And so when we talked more, you know, about it, she said, well, I was, I was just really comfortable. And you all know where, you know, success is, right, everybody? One step where? Outside of your comfort zone. And so part of this change your world is going to be getting uncomfortable. <laughs> but we got to become comfortable with being uncomfortable to be able to make that happen. Right? So that, 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 law, that law of the pain. And two, uh, John says, people change when they see enough that they're inspired to. So again, everything rises and falls on leadership and, and, when you begin to see and realize this, you can change the way you think, work, and interact with other people. Now, certainly others have inspired you. That's leadership in action. You are in the seat you're in right now because somebody believed in you. Somebody gave you a chance. Right? Others inspiring you can help you change the things that you need just as much as you inspire you know, others, right? So part of this group is going to be some, some, some accountability towards their action plan. Some, it's okay to boast on yourself. It's okay to share, you know, the changes that you're making. Cause when you share something out loud, you just never might, you just never know um, who you're going to inspire. Uh, people change when they learn enough that they want to. So when you believe that there's nothing you can do about a problem, it's really disheartening and can be demotivating. But when you begin to learn how you can take those steps to start to make a difference, it's going to propel you into action, right? Maybe our model will, you know, will be failing forward here. <laughs> you know, think, think big, start small, fail forward. And there's always many ways to approach a problem or challenge. And, and, and um, from the lessons you've learned in life, right? Like when I, you know, one of the, the most powerful groups that we have um, is our, you know, is our inner circle. And 
you know, the inner circle is just a weekly group of principals coming together and, and, you know, there's no curriculum, you know, the curriculum is what's happening in your life. Right. And so what's the, you know, the, the content of your life is the only curriculum that you need to go out and make a difference. And it's what I've already shared. Like, you don't, you don't need to read the, you know, the seven habits of effective people. You're already effective. Go back to what were the seven things that I did to get here? And I'd be, just repeat it at a different level over and over and over again. I don't, you know, I don't need, I like Mr. Covey, but I don't need to learn more from him. I'm good. I've done this. I just need to do it at a higher level, right? This is the same thing of making a change. Um, the next one was people change when they receive enough that they're able to. Okay. The world's not looking for more dreamers. It's looking for dream makers. We need to move from good intentions to intentional action. Right. So what we're going to learn right during during this book study is that, you know, the goal is going to be put it into practice. We're not going to be consumers of this book. Right. We may be in a consumer that we bought it, but we're going to take this book and we're going to put it into practice because that's where dreams are going to come true. And I mentioned earlier about, you know, having hope for yourself, but you also need to have hope uh, for others. And I and I think the most powerful thing is not when the people believe in their leader, but it's when the leader believes in their people, right? And, and so, you know, we're all going to become hope helpers. You know, being a hope helper requires that you to be positive and focus on the positive changes that you can create, not a negative situation that you want to eliminate, right? Change your thinking and change your life and then a hope for a better future, right? Dale uh, Carnegie said that most of the things in the world that have been accomplished by people who kept trying where there seemed to be no hope at all. So when we have hope for a better future, it keeps us wanting more and making a difference, right? I don't know about you, but when I feel like my diet working or when I'm doing yoga multiple days in a row and my pants start to feel, you know, looser, like I'm more into it, right? I mean, that's just kind of how we are. When we start to see that ball of, you know, that momentum ball rolling, when we, you know, that flywheel effect that, Jim Collins talked about, like we push more and more into it, right? This is how we have a better future, but we need to become an urgent person for a better future. We can't, we can't wait, we can't wait. How many of you were able to do the, uh, the outside of the box uh, thinking triangle on the first time. Anybody able to do it? It's tough, right? Luckily it was on the next page and I could visualize it and see it. So where, so where is everybody? Uh, so this is, this is page seven of your book and I'll share the screen so you see it. So here's your two first uh, fill in the blanks, right? So which, so which category do you follow in, right? So put it in the chat box. Are you, I'm already making a difference and I want to expand my impact or are you about to start making a difference? Put in the chat box where you think you are. Are you say I'm I'm already making a difference, I want to expand, or I'm about to get start to make a difference. And my goal is I'm already making a difference. I want to expand it. Yeah, perfect. So we got some expanders. Good. Oh, perfect. All right. So we got all right. Look at all these expanders. All right. I love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. So keep on expanding. All right. Let's talk about catalyst for change uh, real quick. 
So when you think about catalysts that for change, what was the first thing that came to your to your minds about you know being a catalyst? Do we have any chemistry folks in here? Any science science folks? So I love this quote that's at the you know start of the chapter, you know, the uh, Steve Jobs, the people who are crazy enough to think they can change the world are usually the ones who do. And I remember like you know, I was with a school leader and the school was in mini crisis and they just were really underperforming. And he's like, what do you think, doc? You know, do you think we can, you know, do you think we can fix this? And I said, they're 3D printing esophaguses right now so people can, you know, breathe, right? I mean, fakes, you know, they're like, you know, 3D printing ears. And I mean, there's cars that are driving down the road with nobody in them anymore. We can figure this school problem out, right? Every, every problem is uh, fixable but you again you gotta think small right i'm sorry you gotta think big but but start small right what are those what are those minor what are those minor tweaks so what are some what are some small things what are some small things that you've done that have made a big difference what are some small things that you've done that have made a big difference anybody want to share one of their things that they've made a difference with I can share. Hello, everyone. My name is Dr. Natalie Mejia, and I'm currently an assistant principal in Los Angeles of a charter school. Um, thank you. And one of the things that I implemented this year, because um, we were working remotely, is that I, on my calendar, I wrote down the name of one staff member per week. And then during that week, I intentionally sought out opportunities to highlight them and to just build like a connection with them because everybody is working remotely. So um, and we also onboarded some new staff members during the pandemic. And so one thing that I did is just really prioritize like building relationships and just that small change of writing a name down every week on my calendar helped me stay accountable to that. Um, so just wanted to offer that up. I love it. Where did you learn how to do that? Did you read it somewhere or just come to you or what? Uh, I want to say it just came to me. I, I like, I'm a, I'm a planner. So I like anything with uh, highlighters and colorful pens. So really, yeah. it was just a chance to use that, but it was like intentional in, in my goals. <laughs> yeah, that's a, you know, you know, that's a huge piece. Uh, I did this, you know, John has a book called Winning with the People. So like each Monday, I used to put out a tip and that was one of them was just, you know, that's what John says. Every, he says, every day I look at my calendar, who, who am I going to see, you know, today that I can add value to, right? So you just adding value and just to remembering someone's name, right? Just, I mean, the little things make just a, a massive difference in people. I love it. That's a really great example, Natalie. Thanks. Who else has, you know, something, small things you've done that's made a big difference? One of the things that I did, and this is when we were in person, was um, just the background of my school. I am, I'm a vice principal at a alternative school. And a lot of our students come to our school because they couldn't make it in a traditional setting. And they also come from a very big school. Our school is really small, about 200 students. But my, my small thing was to seek out all students who at one point in time had like three or four referrals to the office mm. and come in and have lunch with me. And it was more so just, just, just to see how they are 
and what was um, some of the issues that they had. And the biggest change that came through it was a lot of their referrals went from 15 to, from 12 to 15 per like week or month down to like two. Because it was like, nobody ever listens. Nobody ever listens. And that's what they said at the end of the year. Nobody ever listens. But that in itself, and I did that purposely because I wanted to understand why they were doing what they were doing and how to better help them. So, and it, it seemed, it didn't seem like a big thing to me, but I guess it was a big thing to each one of those students. And don't get me wrong. There were some students who it didn't change at all. And then I had to go back to the drawing board, but for those that it did, it was really warming to see that that's all they needed was somebody to listen. Yeah. You know, great example. I love it. And it's at page 32 in the book, right? John says, or the other says, we often think of changing the world as something big that takes big plans, large teams and huge resources. He says, we overestimate the importance of big events and underestimate the value of small actions taken to help others. I mean, I underlined that twice and I just wrote critical, um, just that daily, that daily, you know, consistency compounds. And that's what, that's what, you know, both of you did. You found what's a little thing I could do that, you know, like in education, we're always like, Hey, what's something we, you know, we could do that doesn't cost anything, right? Everything's always about the cost and the budget when I see it. Well, there's one right there, right? You know, just little tiny things, you know, can, can make a difference. And it's not going to, create significant change but what it's going to do is what happened you know with both of you it sounds like I forged relationships and now when I need you right because if any of you have ever been part of our uh, relationship um, uh, workshop when I talk about the, the uh, uh, relationship compass right you're gaining permission to lead people and what most people think that my leadership is from position, from my title, right? Whether it's Dr. Miller or principal or whatever, or I wear, you know, a suit. And it's not. It's permission. And by doing those little things, you're going to gain permission to lead people, right? And which is going to you know, help them change uh, their habits. Um, in the chat, uh, the admin in our school sends cards for birthdays or large events and ensure that the student or staff of members knows that we're thinking about them. Little thing that uh, connects us with the extended family and a special population. Some students don't have a lot of friends or small birthday parties. The circle is small. Yeah, little things. Just, just remember, right? Remember. Cool. So on page, uh, this is page eight of your workbook. Here's a couple more fill in the blank. So what opportunity? Uh, People with good intentions, right? That's the first answer. Want to add value to others, but find reasons not to do it. And people with good actions want to add value to others and find ways to do it, right? That, that is the difference. That is the difference. You know, good intentions is buying a book. Intentional action is actually reading the book, right? You know, better action is actually doing something about when you read the book. But so good intentions are thinking, good actions are actually doing, right? I thought about somebody and I actually did something, you know, for them. And that's all it's going to take to start really, really changing and impacting your world 
are these are these small these small catalyst steps right catalyst steps so write down right now if you haven't done it yet look in look on your page eight i want you to write if you haven't answered these questions because i'm gonna i'm gonna force you to do these study guys what good intentions do you need to change into good actions so everybody just write down one thing if you've got one thing and if you've got one thing put it in the chat box what's what's one thing you're going to do and mine is going to be i have been intending on um donating to a, a food bank um, where my grandparents um, went to church in bridesburg philadelphia and um I recently put up something about my grandfather and it was one of his uh, sermons that he did back in the seventies. I found it in my grandma's closet. I was like, you know what? I want to help them. So that's in May. I had that thought and I haven't done it yet. It'll be done by the time we meet uh, next time. So that's mine. If you've got yours, go ahead and put it in the chat box or share it out loud. We got a couple here. I'll lead. Find a better balance between work and family. All right. What would be your action step for that? I need to stick with the schedule in order to in the classrooms, putting down my phone in the evening so I can focus on my family. I love it, Mary Baker. Me too. I got it. that darn thing. Ugh, drives me crazy. That thing. It's my fault. It's a choice, Mary. It's a choice. And I'm gonna follow it with you. We're both gonna do it. All right. So on page 34, so, you know, change begins with caring. So this is great how John, John talks about how his personal uh, purpose and his mission change. He said, first, I want to make a difference. And then he said, doing something that makes a difference, right? Because it went from change begins with caring to change stands up for a cause, right? So I want to make a difference, doing something that makes a difference. And then he realized it's got to go from me to we with people who want to make a difference. So the John Maxwell team, and there's almost 40,000 of us now. When I started, it was only 4,000. Um, that was in 2014. I mean, it's unbelievable how much has grown, but like I've watched his mission change. And when I got to go to Paraguay with him, like I, like I saw it, right? I, like I observed what he's trying to do. He's trying to transform countries. Um, and it's through uh, teaching of these values. So if you all don't know it, and I'll send it to you if you want it, he has a, um, it's a free leadership curriculum uh, for kids called I lead. Um, and it's all about, um, you know, choices and core values and pieces like that. But that's what we taught when we went to Paraguay. Um, so I want to make a difference doing something that makes a difference with people who want to make a difference at a time when it makes a difference. Right at a time that makes a difference. And what other time right now do we not need in our schools to make a difference? Because in March of 2012, you know, our you know, company 
you know, started this weekly school leadership community. Maybe some of you were a part of those calls. And I was like, we got to, we got to do something. Like we got to help these folks. We got to create, you know, community. We got to get on these calls. Like, I don't think they see like the bigger impact. And, you know, from, you know, some folks are like, oh, this thing's only going to last, you know, six weeks or whatever else. Right. And, you know, you know, there we were 18 months later with the same conversation. And I think it's going to be harder this year to bring your staff back than last year. Like, I think it's gonna be harder to bring families and kids back. And if we don't do something about it, and we just think, you know, if people are going to show up to work, uh, they're not coming, right? If you have a job opening right now, you know, tell me how many applicants you got for that job opening. Uh, there's not many. Same uh, principal job that I'm hiring for right now in Raleigh had over 80 applicants two years ago. I've had four since May 5th. It's a great school from 80 to four in two years. So again, moving from good intentions, right, to good actions. People with good intentions want to add value. People with good actions want to add value to others and they find a way to do it. With good intentions, we're kind of passive. You know, good actions were deliberate. And good actions represent the difference, the dividing lines on page 39 between words and results. And I'm pretty sure you've all worked for someone who was more words than results. Or maybe you've got someone on your staff who's more words than results. And people are going to follow those that their walk matches their talk. Does your walk match your talk? Don't settle for good intentions. They're not going to change the world. Focus on good actions. So what does it mean? What does this mean up here to be a possibility therapy? What were, what were some of your thoughts around the possibility therapy that's like on page 39 or 40 of the book there? What is possibility therapy? Anybody remember? Becoming a possibilist. This is at the bottom of page 41. What a great word, possibilist. Um, we need to both do something to change the world and see positive things happening in the world. When you think like a possibilist, you are actively on the lookout for the possibilities in the world, right? I mean, there's just, there's just leaders that see more and see more before other people, isn't there? Like every opportunity that you've had, someone else already saw it. You just actually captured it, right? This ad went out to a few thousand people. But only, you know, you know 46 signed up and 12, you know, showed up on the first night, right? I mean, you guys are possibles. They see nothing, you know, there's some folks who just see doom and gloom, doom and gloom. So examples of possibility thinking, right, are, are big ideas. And I'm a big idea, you know, person. And, and so like when I'm always, you know, really thinking about, you know, big ideas, I mean, we've, we've, we moved from bringing school leaders all together in Raleigh to now we've got, you know, school leaders across the globe, right? I mean, like, you know, we need to create that picture of possibilities. 
So where do you need to be a possibilist? What are you, what are you, what are you seeing that you're not taking action towards? Whether it's in your school, in your home, in your community, And on page nine, these are the four uh, fill in the blanks here. Do I think progress is possible, but not easy? Do I see things that they are, but get discouraged? Am I unwilling to look away from problems that move me? Am I willing to do what I can to make my world a better place, right? So where do you see yes at? Like, do I think progress is possible, but not easy? Do I see things that they are, but not get discouraged? Am I willing to look away from problems that move me? Where do you see the possibility? So make sure you write that down, right? What, what is a big picture possibility that you've had? You know, Sharice, you talked about it earlier. Like, what, like I see things, but I'm not really sure where to start. Make sure you capture that. And it's gonna be important during these times, whether you're listening to the you know, sessions live or archive, it's like, it's not really important what I say, it's not really important what the book says. It's what you're hearing in here. Because being a possibilist is about listening to your intuition. Because again, it, that thought wouldn't have come to you if it wasn't possible for you to do it. So make sure you write that down. We're a little over time, so we're gonna end. We're gonna end right here. Um, all right. So, on page ten of your workbook, right? There's a there's a there's a list there's a list there, and I'll put this up so you can see the answers if you don't if you weren't able to capture them from your book. It's page ten here. So those, those are the 10 there in the middle of uh, page 10 of your workbook. So what I want you to do for homework this week, right, is to, is to answer these, to write down as many names as possible as you can think, right? Who listens when you talk? Who asks for your advice? Who respects your experience? Who follows your recommendations? Who seeks your opinion? Who enjoys working beside you? Who advocates for you? Who values your time? Who shares positive things about you with others? And who do you add value to? So what you're gonna do is you're gonna um, write down names of the people who meet these, what is there, 10, there's like 10 you know, bullets. Who are the names of these people? And then I want you to take that, what you, what you saw that possibility as. And I would like you to start setting times to reach out to these people. And to so start, you know, sharing your ideas. Because, you know, the people who make up this list of bullets, these are the individuals 
that are going to help you achieve your goals. Do not, do not try to, um, don't beg, right? Don't try to convince anybody. If they're not part of your idea and they're not part of this, this 10, they're not part of your group, okay? I stopped, I stopped begging people a long time ago. And before you ask them what they think, make sure that they do think, all right? Don't be asking people that are less successful, right? You want like-minded people to start creating your, you know, your group. These are, you know, these are folks that are also influential. You know, these are folks who have good values. These are like-minded people, but they think a little bit differently, right? They may bring, you know, different skill sets. But this list right here, like, this is where it starts. It start, you start to create kind of your, your ideal 40, right? If you could get four people from every bullet, that's 40 potential people who can help you start to achieve whatever this, this goal is that you have, whatever this goal is that you have. And then when we, when we come back, when we come back next week, um, we'll start right there, right? On the back end of, you know, chapter two. So keep up with your reading and, um, and, uh, make out your list, right? So everybody should come up with a good solid list of people uh, for next week. All right, so that's your action step for the week. Any last thoughts? Let me make sure I hit everything I wanted to hit today. Okay, so that's your challenge to take your next step towards transfer. Permission, right? Now, what matters is that you actually do something and even something small or something big, it doesn't matter. Just, you know, just do it. And, and one, one thing I want you to continue to keep, like, take notice of your thinking. What are the reasons that you wanted to change? Right? Where does your hope lie? Are you focusing on the positive and what things could be? Or are you letting the gremlins kind of take over? Right? And any time that you start to hear that negative thought, just you tell that gremlin how successful you already are. And you let that gremlin know that you no longer serve me. I'm moving forward. I've been successful in the past. I have learned to fail forward in the past. I've got people who want to help me, who also want to make a difference. And you need to go away, right? And think about who you want to come along with you, okay? You want, our goal is by the end of this, you know, five weeks is to have a boat full of committed rowers, all rowing in the same direction, right? And think about where your focus goes and more towards the cooperation or collaboration, right? Are you thinking about what's going to unite us or, you know, divide us? You have to eliminate those negative thoughts. And when those negative thoughts come in your head, just squish them. They go away. Right? We don't need them, right? All right, I love you all. I believe in you. And uh, I look forward to seeing you next week. And hey, bring someone with you. Maybe there's someone on your list. You say, hey, just come to this book study with me. Come on, right? And um, they don't have to have the book to do it. It's fine. They can just you know, participate in the conversation. It doesn't matter. 
and um, and because we're gonna you know we're gonna make a difference all together and start to really think about hey who am I going to invite to my roundtables in the next you know five or six weeks okay all right take care everybody have a great week take care of yourselves and each other bye bye.